I feel frustrated. I feel disappointed. I feel exhausted. Say it by name. That way it'll be easier for you to articulate how you feel. Again, don't judge yourself and don't apologize for how you feel. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, You already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Several episodes ago, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Alexia. And in that episode, we talked all about when to say no. When you're in the process of building your career, sometimes you find yourself doing this delicate dance between wanting to be a top performer and say yes to everything and always be available and willing and eager and excited to take on the next task and knowing when to say no and understanding where that tendency to say, yes, I will do absolutely anything and everything you ask, knowing where the tendency to do that might get you into trouble. And navigating that and figuring that out is probably a lifelong process that we are all going through in our careers. But here's the thing. Even when you get to the point where you just have that stronger intuition about when you should say yes to something and when is the time to push back and when it's appropriate to say, no, I can't do that or no, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why. When you get to the point where you know what's a yes and you know what's a no, you might find yourself running into a different and new challenge, which is that actually saying no when you know that the answer should be a no can be incredibly difficult. I know that I've had times where it's so clear. It is, there is not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I should be saying no to something. And the moment arises and it's like, Every fiber of my being is pulling me to just want to be passive and agreeable and nice. It's like in the Jim Carrey movie where he can't tell the truth. He can only lie. And he's like trying to speak and his mouth can't even say the words. That can happen because we're afraid that we won't be liked or we're afraid that we'll be judged or we have internal conflict or insecurity that we're working through. That makes it very difficult for us to express ourselves and speak our truth. And the conversation that you're about to hear with today's guest, Vicki Joseph, is all about how to do that. I will let you hear Vicki's introduction. She'll tell you a little bit more about the work that she does helping women step into their power and stop saying yes to everything and get more comfortable saying no. If you're struggling with expressing yourself authentically, if you struggle with pushing back, if you get extreme discomfort at the thought of conflict or assertiveness, I think this conversation with Vicky will really help you. We get at this topic from so many different angles, so I think you'll find something that's useful. And with that, I'm going to get straight into my interview with Vicky. You'll learn more about her and the work that she does, and you'll get to see how awesome she was. And I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Vicki. 
I wanted to start by asking you to introduce yourself to listeners. So tell everyone who you are, what you do, and a little bit about how you got there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here. And a little bit about myself. I'm Vicki S. Joseph. I'm a public speaker a communication consultant, and an acting coach. I help women who are way too nice to be able to set healthy boundaries, stand up for themselves, and find their authentic voice. And I do that through workshops, one-on-one coaching, and communication consulting. I have my bachelor's in psychology and my master's in public relations and corporate communications. And how did I get here? Okay, I would say I got here through exploration, pain, and curiosity. (laughs) (sighs) And I I put some emphasis on pain. And um, I started off pretty much childhood, um, an introvert with extrovert gifts. So I did morning announcements in elementary school. And like middle school was like the shy, awkward phase. I was coined Quiet Vicky. That was my nickname. I was really shy at that point. And by high school, I started to get my voice back a little bit. In college, uh, a friend of mine that I met, she was in the theater guild. She said, you want to help out? Sure. I auditioned and the rest was history. I got bit by the acting bug. (laughs) And here I am today. I love that. I personally have been super fascinated by the intersection of acting, boundaries, and self-expression and emotion. So I actually wanted to ask you a little bit about that acting side of you. And I know that you do work with actors. And I wanted to just ask a little bit about what it means to express emotion as an actor. And if that if that type of expression actually has a use case or an application in everyday life off of the stage. Yes. When I when we talk about emotions for actors, it is the air that we breathe. Okay. I have been to productions where it's literally a stool and the actor, black box theater, and that actor brought the house down based on their emotion alone, versus an elaborate stage, rotating stage. And if the actors were not connected to their emotions, they lost us. You know what I mean? And so the beauty of self-expression as an actor, the reason why you're connected to the your favorite actor or TV host is the connection that they bring to whatever the message they're conveying. And so they bring character, depth, soul, and they bring that humanity, that relatability that reels you in. And we need that in our everyday life in order to build relationships, to build those connections. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people who listen to this show, some struggle with feeling connected to their emotions. And Mm -hmm. I would love to hear more about that emotional connection and how that can serve women in a professional environment and how they can get more in touch with it to have that similar impact or similar connection, but at work professionally. It is absolutely possible. And what I've learned in the acting realm, the reason why it was difficult to connect to the emotion of a character I was playing was because I was judging the character. And I was like, I would never do this. Why would she do this? This doesn't make sense. 
And so it took me a longer time to connect to the character because I was judging the character. And oftentimes we judge ourselves for the emotions that we have, the human emotions that we have. And so once we get past that judgment, then as an actor, you can play the role. And once you get past that judgment of yourself, then you're able to authentically feel those emotions. You can be able to convey your message. And also what stops us is we don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to feel those icky emotions. So oftentimes actors, it's hard for them to delve deep into those emotions because those emotions are uncomfortable. And so the same in the business world, we don't want to delve into those emotions because we don't want to uh, feel those uncomfortable feelings. We don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And when we do that, we hurt our own feelings we disappoint ourselves and we won't be able to move forward. Absolutely. I think it can also create a sense of separation because mm-hmm. you're not acting in integrity with the real you. And it's like you have a copy pasted version of yourself. And I think that that can also have a difficult negative impact. I absolutely agree. And there's like this whole internal conflict. I can say there's nothing that will haunt you more than what I should have said that I should have said this. I I wish I would have told her that. And it will haunt you sometimes for days, weeks, even years sometimes when you reflect back on, back on a situation that you did not say what you wanted to say or needed to say in that matter. That is so huge for this show too, because a central theme, the title of the show is sometimes this struggle, like you're sitting in a meeting and you have an idea and you're afraid to say it. And I want to push people to say it, but I also, I don't want people to feel upset if they don't get it perfect every single time because it can be hard. Right. That is true. Like that this little saying that's floating around is done is better than perfect. And so at least give yourself a pat on the back for speaking up in the first place. It might not be perfect like you just said, but at least you did it. This is a it's a huge milestone, especially for those who it's hard to set those boundaries. It's hard to speak up. The fact that you did is huge. That's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. And I think it's very easy to not give ourselves credit for things. One thing that I wanted to ask you before we go into talking a little bit about boundaries and assertiveness, which is a huge interest area for listeners, is ways that listeners can get more connected to their emotions from that acting point of view like how can they how can they get more centered in who they are so that the expression of it comes easier okay well we get connected to that i think it once we embrace our humanity because in order for me to accept the characters that I had to play, I had to understand, okay, well, why did she do what she did? And what was her background? What was her story? And once I embraced the humanity of the character, then I could, I could play it. I could, I could give that character justice. In the same light, once you embrace your humanity and some of your limitations, um, you won't necessarily limit yourself so much. And Oftentimes it's hard for us to embrace our humanity because there's this superwoman complex, right? I have to be right. I have to be perfect. I have to save the world. And sometimes people see us as inanimate objects and we embrace that as well in the sense of you're a rock, you're strong, you know, but in the same light, there's strength and vulnerability as well. 
So strength isn't just this one-sided um, situation. There's a duality to it. And so once you embrace your humanity, you understand that your needs and your emotions are valuable, then it'll be a little bit easier. So do not, do not repress your feelings. Call them by name. I feel frustrated. I feel disappointed. I feel exhausted. Say it by name. That way it'll be easier for you to articulate how you feel. Again, don't judge yourself and don't apologize for how you feel. Not apologizing is key. I know it's a knee-jerk thing that's hard for me to get out of, too. I think it's hard for so many people. And one thing I want to say before we go into talking a little more about boundaries is I think there is a fear in a professional environment because you have that Mm -hmm. extra layer of like, I'm being evaluated. So like I need to put on this image of perfection. And I, I I try to message to listeners that it's counterintuitive. Sometimes giving yourself more space for imperfection relaxes you. It loosens you up so you're not grasping so hard. And then you actually can access a much more talented, high-performing, truer version of yourself. And it feels counterintuitive to loosen your grip and let go. But that's what I have seen. Right. That's true, especially in, in you know, the business world, corporate America. Um, the, the fears are that, OK, if I share my real emotions or how I feel, I will be blacklisted. I will be disregarded. I'll be labeled as the angry one, the bitter one. And, you know, no one wants to put those labels on, the, on themselves. So that's why, you know, some people are leery of doing that. But the same token, um, it's not so much about what you say, it's how you say it and your approach to the situation that makes the difference. Absolutely. And that's such a perfect segue into boundaries, which I think is such an important topic, especially for women who are trying to move up, right? The more responsibility we're trying to take on, the more we need to become well-versed in setting boundaries. And I know that that can be really, really difficult. So I wanted to just ask you to share in your opinion, what are the first internal steps like inside myself before I even say anything to anyone that I have to take in order to get better at asserting boundaries? You have to, it goes back to the emotions. We, we set that foundation earlier. Okay, if you're triggered or you feel uncomfortable, that may be the first indication to start setting boundaries and to evaluate who, what, where, when, and why. Why do I feel this way? What's going on? And then once you identify the feelings, you'll you'll see, okay, is this my nine-year-old self that's heard about something that happened as a child? Or is this my adult self that is experiencing some discomfort and I need to set some boundaries? So self-awareness in any part of it is very important. So maybe it might be an area that you may need to heal or go through some exploration on. Or it may be something that you need to address and set some necessary boundaries. So those triggers are very important. I also wanted to ask you about the relationship between self-respect and boundaries. The relationship is very key right here because the lack of self-respect is oftentimes why we don't set the boundaries. And I was reading an article recently on um, Mind Valley um, discussing about 
the relationship between self-respect and happiness. And it was saying the foundation of every decision you'll ever make, every um, person that you meet and how you allow them to treat you and how you treat yourself is indicative of self-respect. And so that's a huge foundation there in boundary setting. And we've heard this before. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so you have to have those foundational values in your own life apart from what other people think, your own values that you stand on in order to be able to navigate through this life. Absolutely. Because for me, in times where I failed to assert a boundary, what what it has felt like is I don't matter as much. And mm-hmm. and then you also end up with the thing you didn't want because you didn't assert the boundary. And so it kind of creates this cycle that feeds in and reversing that cycle and getting it going in the other direction where you assert the boundary and then you therefore get more of what you want makes you feel better. It grows your self-respect and your self-worth. The challenge in that is a lot of times like it comes down to the moment where you have to say no or where you have to do the uncomfortable thing. And like, even if you've promised yourself that you're going to do it, there's this moment of terror and like this moment of like deep discomfort for me where everything inside of me is just like, no, just like go back to your old ways. It's so (laughs) cozy. Just come, come back this way. And so (laughs) (laughs) I would love to get your thoughts and your advice on that feeling and that how to get through that situation. That feeling is gut wrenching. I know that feeling far too well. I mean, throat clenching, chest, you know, palpitations, like it's very serious. And I kind of sum it up to two children on the playground, right? And then that one kid saying to the other, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And how that that child's life just literally shattered into millions that I don't want to be your friend anymore. That fear of abandonment, oftentimes relationship is currency to a lot of us. Right. I mm-hmm. need it's not who it's not what you know, it's who you know, that'll get you into that next door. You know, we say these things. So that's what builds that terror and that fear that this person won't love me anymore. This person won't like me anymore. I'm going to ruin this relationship and all of that. And so one thing, one of my business coaches said to me once, she said, do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? And it shook me because I wrestled with the, you know what? I do want to be liked, but I want to be respected more now. I want to transition into that. And and that journey has been absolutely difficult. So what we what we do with those feelings when it comes up, we we don't ignore it. Right? You you have to tell yourself I'm not that little kid anymore that was bullied or that was mistreated and I'm not going to allow cuz I was bullied. That's why I'm saying this. So I I understand what where a lot of those feelings come from. So I'm not that little kid anymore and I'm not going to um I'm not going to deal with this particular situation in the sense of being bullied. And so baby steps, small steps, even if your voice is shaking to have the difficult conversation. And so even if it's via email, even if it's via text or whatever the case may be, before you feel comfortable to have the conversation, start with the baby steps first. Mm. 
that's helpful. And I think that way you're not setting the bar so high. Yeah. Like, you know, I need to I need to do this perfectly and I need to sound amazing while I do it. And no. <laughs> do what you can. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like that high standard. It just puts a lot of pressure and then it can backfire, <laughs> which yes. I've seen happen to me. <laughs> um one thing I am super curious to get your thoughts on is is there such a thing as like I don't know how to term this, but I'll call it a boundary manipulator where it's people who are particularly good at kind of like spidey sensing where you have troubles asserting boundaries, whether it's specific areas or specific topics, but they kind of like can read you like a book and around that specific person, like it's even harder. Absolutely. They're like bloodhounds. Like they can (laughs) smell it. They like you said, spidey sense, like it's tingling. They know, they know exactly the nice people, the people pleasers. And usually they surround themselves around people like that, Mm -hmm. you know, to do for them. So yes, absolutely. How, how do we armor up around those people? Like, do you have any suggestions or any advice you would give to someone who's like making progress, but then there are these certain situations where they're just like, oh man, I can't do it. Yes. Um, I had to accept people for who they are. That was very hard for me because I always had rose colored glasses and I had this kumbaya, my lord, like just nobody's mean and there's nobody out here this, you know, that has ill intent. And once I took off the rose colored glasses (laughs) and saw people for who they are, not villainizing anyone, but just identified, okay, these are the people that I have a tough time setting boundaries with. So I had to identify those people. Why did I have a, a hard time you know, setting those boundaries with them. And it became a little bit easier. And Amaya Angelou has this quote, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. And I had a difficult time believing people because I saw them for who I wanted them to be and not who Mm -hmm. they were in that moment. And so stop ignoring your intuition, believe your gut feelings and move off of that. I would say also read books. There's a beautiful book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud. Great book. Mm. Because there's people who live the experience that went through it that know how to, you know, get through it. So I was like, read the read some amazing books. There's Codependency No More. Um, another great book that um, I thought was helpful to me was No More Christian Nice Girl. That was a cool book that I read. So there's a lot of books that I think that can help you stay accountable, um, getting accountability partners, I can be one for you and you don't have to go through this journey alone. It it can be very scary. Mm. Intuition is huge. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be scary to trust it at first, but I'm like you. I assume everyone's so happy and good (laughs) and I often get into trouble because of it. And I would just, you know, encourage listeners to trust that intuition. It, It doesn't lead you wrong. It doesn't lead you astray. Right. And we don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes we want everything, you know, painted out about the person's character and who they are. We won't get all the answers. Just trust the gut feeling and move accordingly. I totally agree. And the more you do it, the more you know it's right and it gets easier to do it. And I think it's so important when it comes to people, you know, knowing who has your back and who doesn't is so critical in a professional environment, too, as it is in life. True. (laughs) 
So this is the part of the show where there's typically a listener question, but we're going to do something really fun today. And I'm so excited that you agreed to do this, Vicky. We're going to go through some common scenarios that happen at the workplace where it may be time to set a boundary, but it might be a really challenging situation for many people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through a few different scenarios. I'm going to sort of be the person asking Vicky for something <laughs> as okay. Vicky being like the fictional employee. Right. And then Vicky is going to show us through demonstration how she might assert a boundary in that situation and also just talk about it a little and give some commentary on why she did what she did. I am going to try to be as serious as I can, but these are all situations that like I've been in and I feel like when people hear them, they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's happened to me. So this will be a fun one. We'll see how it goes. So scenario number one is the... This is coming from the person who is not your manager, but who tries to give you work. And so I'm going to speak to you, Vicky, as a fictional employee. And this person will frequently say something like, Vicky, thank you so much for helping me with that budget assignment. I've never seen one done so well before. I have another one coming up this week. Can I send it over to you? My team can't really do them without you. You're such a rock star, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that compliment. I really did enjoy helping you with that budget. Thank you for trusting me with that. It means so much to me. In the future, however, I won't be able to help you with the budget because I have to complete my own workload. But best wishes to you and your team. I loved that so (laughs) much. Can you talk through a little bit like why you said what you said? Yes. um, I was matching that person's energy because I I saw so much going on in that scenario. (laughs) Like, how do you say no to this person? You know what I mean? There was gratitude there, flattery. They made their request. And I don't see how I could ever do this without you. Like, I mean, my goodness, how do you turn this down? But you, it, what you iterated was so clear. First of all, this is not my manager, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So the work that I'm doing, I did it as a favor. And before I helped you, you know, you found a way to do it before <laughs> I did it. So the, impl- the implication of, oh, I don't see how woe is me. I couldn't, you know what I mean? It got done before I helped you. You know what I mean? So when you think about things in that regard, you know, it, it, it makes things a lot easier to kind of put things together. People will flatter you. They'll put the gratitude on there. They're laid on really, really thick. And then he he or she sealed the deal with, you're such a rock star. And it's like, wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this is such a common situation because I think very often we raise our hands to do work because we want to say yes, we want to make a good impression, and it can lead to this pattern of getting taken advantage of. And the piece that you said about matching the person's energy is such a valuable nugget because I think one thing that can be so helpful for people to understand is when it comes time to push back and assert the boundary you don't have to say it in a way that feels like in an emotional way that feels icky. You can say it with so much respect and you can 
you can treat the person in the way you communicate very positively, but you have to stick to your truth, which is that you know you shouldn't be continuing to work on these assignments. That is true. I loved that. You ready for the next one? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, cool. This is number two of four. So this is your manager. Your manager comes up to your desk at the end of the workday. You're ready to leave and you have somewhere to be. Vicky, can I ask you a huge favor? I messed up the formatting of this document and I need it for a meeting tomorrow morning. Is there any way you can fix it for me before the meeting? I would love to help you format the document, but I won't be able to come in early enough to fix it for you. And then what do you do if the manager is kind of like, what do I do? How do I get this thing fixed? Well, I I think I would have to kind of focus on myself first in a way, because it's kind of like you have to understand once you leave the office, what are your responsibilities, right? There's people who have children they have to pick up. There's things they, they have to do. The morning setup for that person maybe taking children to school or, you know, fixing certain things. So by the time they get to work that day, they may not have 45 minutes to fix coffee and, you know, um, get ready for work. And so I understand the manager may need certain things in place. A certain thing we can tell the manager is in, in cases like this, I'm going to need a lot more time, a lot more notice. In order Mm -hmm. to fix this, maybe I'm not able to do it today, but in the future, you know, I need a a little bit more notice, you know, to be able to do this. If you feel like you do have time to do it and you've evaluated your schedule and you think you have a gap in there to do it, you can, but let the manager know I need more notice in order to do something like this in the future. That is super important. And I think also... If anyone is in a situation like this and they're feeling like very stuck, like, what do I do? I, I like don't want to ruin my night. Like this, this assignment feels inappropriate, feels like a little bit of an encroachment on my time. Like mm-hmm. sometimes radical honesty can can be a good solution to say something like, oh, I am feeling so torn. I want this document to look perfect for this meeting. Mm -hmm. And I have this commitment that I'm headed out to that would be really difficult for me to move. If if it's too hard to just say no, maybe start with that as an intermediate Mm -hmm. step and begin that dialogue with your manager too. This is a, a really tricky one. It really is because how I started, I would love to help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We start off with pleasantries. <laughs> I would love to. And then give the critique or the letdown and then, you know, close it with the in the future or hopefully or something along those lines. But I agree with you. You have to be honest because if you do this um, assignment, now the boss has placed the pressure on you and you Mm -hmm. don't execute it in the manner that the expectation is on, then now you have that pressure and then you get in trouble for something that wasn't even your responsibility in the first place. Absolutely. I think that's so true. And and I think it really sends a message of how much you respect yourself and how much conviction you have in yourself when you assert these boundaries. And when you do it in the proper way, you end up being perceived more maturely, which is counterintuitive because you think by saying yes, it's going to get you ahead. 
But when you are able to delicately navigate through these like sticky jungle gym situations, you begin showing up as a leader. People begin picking up on that. And you will see you will get less of these these asks, these kind of asks. Less of them will come to you. That's true. (laughs) All right. You ready for the next one? I'm ready. (laughs) So in this scenario, you need something from someone on another team. This person doesn't report to you, so they don't really have a direct responsibility to you, but you need it very urgently. They have been ignoring your emails, so you are going over to their desk to talk with them in person. Hi, Michelle. I sent you an email um, 3 p.m. on Wednesday in regards to the evaluations. I need to add them to the reports by chance. If you have them on hand, may I have them, please? Perfect. And now what is going on here like psychologically and how are you thinking through this one? I'm absolutely frustrated, but (laughs) because I mean, at this point, but your tone of voice does not have to match how you feel. You know what I mean? And so what do they say? You get more bees with honey. Mm -hmm. And so if my approach to her is aggressive or mean or something like that, I may not get (laughs) this um, done or get these evaluations. So what I would do in that matter, if if I go to her and she still doesn't have it to hand it to me, I would then go and um, write an email just expressing, you know, reiterating what we just spoke about. And then I would CC people, let's say management or someone along those lines, because especially in corporate America, you need a paper trail. Mm-hmm. And so if I do not have what I need to do my job effectively, then the hammer is going to get dropped on me. So one thing with women or, or individuals who are way too nice, we cover everyone's back but our own. And so in this case, you have to be able to cover your back too. I totally feel that, the not wanting to like tell on someone or, you know, like get them mm-hmm. in trouble, quote unquote. Right. All right. So the next and the last scenario is you've asked your coworker to send you some information and what they send back is incorrect. You need to now go back to them, tell them it's incorrect and ask them to redo it. Hi, Roberto. I reviewed what was sent over. I would like it to be done a little differently. This is what I had in mind. I wanted to share some suggestions with you on how to change this. Please alter this document and send the revisions to me. I love that. So love to hear your reasoning behind that one. Okay. So yes, I could easily say this is incorrect. Do it over. Bye. You know, I could easily do that. But but the reason why I did it this way is because I didn't want to hurt the person's feelings or be mean about it. And I still wanted the same outcome. I wanted it to be done differently, but I said it in a different way. And with that, we're going to move into the final section of the interview. But thank you so much for running through those, Vicky. It was really fun. And I hope some of that language is helpful for anybody who's listening. Oh, my pleasure. And before I ask you the closing questions, I wanted to ask you what it is like to work with you, because this is like such an area of focus for you. I think it's it's fun, it's challenging, and it's refreshing. I cannot tell you how many women that I have worked with and their transformations have been a blessing to my life. And so to see the shy, quiet introvert become the dynamic speaker and powerhouse, it has been truly rewarding. Oh, I love that. And if people want to learn more about you, where can they go to check you out? 
Uh, they can visit VickiSJoseph.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Vicky All Day and Facebook, Vicky S. Joseph. Perfect. And I'll put all of your info in the show notes as well. And now I'm going to ask you the closing questions, which are my favorites. Awesome. The first, <laughs> yay. The first closing question is about the title of the show, which is The Art of Speaking Up. And I love to give each guest a little bit of space to express their thoughts on this idea of speaking up. Well, I believe that your lived experiences, your voice and your message um, is very important because what you have to say can ultimately change the trajectory of our lives as we know it. And so oftentimes we become complacent in dogma and groupthink and certain ideologies that we've known for quite some time. And your voice not being added to the conversation is really um, stopping a lot of fluidity and movement um, into um, our lives as we know it. And so the conversations that you're afraid of having may be stopping you from reaching a certain point in your life. You're not getting into the doors that you need to get to to help those who are voiceless to get through those doors as well. So we need your voice. Speak up. (laughs) I love that. And for the closing question, some context is that I started this show because I had some difficult times early in my career, just figuring out how to adjust to this professional world. And I really needed to hear some messages and some encouragement. And so I try to provide that to people on this show. And so for the final question, I give the guests the floor to talk to any woman who might be going through a difficult time or who might just be looking to empower herself. I give you the floor to share whatever messages are on your heart and that you would really want women to hear. There's a song. It's it's kind of old, kind of dated back in the day. John Mayer, um, Say What You Need to Say. And that's one of my favorite songs because the messaging behind it, it's simple, but it's still true. Say what you need to say. I did not have a, I woke up like this experience. I wasn't always the public speaker. I told you all my nickname back in the day was Quiet Vicky. And so it was baby steps. It was painful, gut-wrenching, very difficult. But I, I would say it's, it was worth it to be able to have my own voice and to be able to talk with you all today. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I just want to say you are powerful. You are more than powerful and you can do this. Thank you so much, Vicky. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Vicky. She was amazing. I had such a good time talking with her, and I hope you enjoyed it too. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes in case you want to learn more about her or get in touch with her. Thank you for listening. Some of you have been reaching out to me to tell me that you're enjoying the show, and some of you have been leaving ratings and reviews in the iTunes store, and I cannot tell you how much it means to me and how happy it makes me to hear from you and to know that you're enjoying the show. So thank you so much. 
you are awesome. I kind of don't even want to tell you how awesome I think you are because I'm scared that you'll think that I'm a weirdo. But I guess the truth is the longer you listen to the show, you'll soon discover that I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo, but I get crazy excited when I hear from you. So feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at the art of speaking up. I love hearing your feedback. Please feel free to submit a listener question to the show or just say hi to me. And most of all, I hope that you're feeling good, doing well, having a really good day. I want to thank you again for tuning in and I'll be back with you soon. Bye.